On this episode of Rev Hang, Ben and I talk about the IndyCar Grand Prix of Portland and the Formula One Italian Grand Prix. Let's do it. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Rev Hang. I am Nathan, and alongside me across the airwaves is my good friend and co-host, as always, Ben Bagley. How you doing, Ben? Pretty good. I had a, a great weekend in Portland. I don't go to Portland often, but when I do, it's for racing. Uh, and the IndyCar race there is great. Got to see a championship clinched a little early. And, you know, got to sample some of the sites, some of the coffee, that kind of thing. Good stuff. Yeah, there is good coffee in Portland. There's also good racing in Portland. Uh, when IndyCar comes around especially, tell me about your weekend. What what kind of fun stuff did you do with the track? Well, I went and I saw the first race of the Touring Car Championship, which was super cool. It's not a race series that I know much about. Uh, and I was kind of confused at first why there were so many BMWs in like a herd. And then there were a bunch of, you know, more typically what I consider touring cars. Uh, but man, in the uh, the GT class, there is this one Camaro platform that absolutely just ate everybody's lunch. Like you just hear this V8 roar just streaking down the straight. You're like, oh, here he comes. And every single time, it'd be sooner than the guy he was uh, in front of. Um, he lapped all the way up to third place. And if he had a couple more laps, he probably would have lapped second, too. But it was super cool. I got to walk around one of the cars and nerd out about all the brakes and suspension, that kind of thing. Then the actual race was pretty good. It was, well, we didn't have a Jamie Johnson crash out at the chicane like last year, but some pretty good racing. Got to see Herda do Herda things towards the end. Uh, and the first day was pretty hot, but the race day was absolutely a really nice temperature. It was, yes. The uh, Sunday was very nice here in the Pacific Northwest. We actually got some rain in a lot of parts of it, uh, which we desperately needed to put out the wildfires that have been going on over the last month or so. Um, so it was a uh, yeah, pretty good Sunday. Uh, I'm really jealous you got to go to the race. It sounded like it was a blast. Um, so speaking of which, that race, we'll talk about the Grand Prix of Portland now for IndyCar. Let's go over the top 10 in qualifying. Uh, it was Graham Rahal on pole for the second time this year, followed by Scott McLaughlin and Colton Herta. Fourth and fifth were Scott Dixon and Alex Pillow. Six through ten was Pato Award, Will Power, Callum Eilat, Alex Rossi, and Marcus Erickson. Moving into the, What's that? Oh, I was going to say there's a single uh, older guy and his wife. Uh, they were they both had Ray Hall jerseys on. They're the only Graham Ray Hall fans that I saw decked out in gear all weekend. And we were sitting right next to him. And man, they were so excited. That guy was absolutely punching the air when Ray Hall went around for qualifying and said that fastest lap. I bet. Ray Hall fans are uh, few and far between, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. So they have been very happy this year, I would assume. I, I imagine they'd be happier if they got a race win. Uh, but two pole positions is nothing to sniff at. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, I'm happy for him. He's kind of shown that he's still, he's still got it. He still deserves to be on the track. Um, he had an up and down year, ended up missing out and qualifying on bump day for the Indy 500, but then, uh, just squeaked in because he ended up substituting for another driver who had an injury. So he still got to race. 
Um, but then he finished the year off with two pole positions, which is uh, not too shabby. Yeah. Um, yeah, so let's go into the race. Uh, Ray Hall kept the lead at the start. Uh, there was contact at turn one between two cars. One of them was Kyle Kirkwood. Not entirely sure what the other one was. It looks like it might have been New Garden, but I'm not 100% positive. Uh, Grosjean got taken out on lap one doing Grosjean things. He was able to come back into the race briefly a few laps later after he had his suspension fixed, but then he was forced to retire later on. Will Power got spun out on lap three, causing a caution. Graham Rahal beat McLaughlin out of the pits to maintain the lead after the first round of pit stops. On lap 49, Alex Pillow got away with a nasty block, uh, did not get a penalty, did not even get an investigation for it from race control, which was uh, a little uh, sus, but it's okay. <laughs> just Portland things. Yes, just Portland things. Uh, Armstrong had pit drama, losing a wheel on lap 80. His uh, team tried to put the wheel on his car. And the wheel gun spun the wheel right off of the mounting, and it rolled down the pit lane. So that caused a, a longer pit stop than I'm sure everybody wanted. Uh, Canapino spun out on lap 83, causing another caution. Rossi and Erickson made contact a little bit after the restart, causing Rossi to make an unexpected pit stop for new tires, because he had a puncture. Uh, Herta spun out on lap 107, as Ben mentioned before, doing Herta things, but was able to bump start his car to avoid bringing out a caution and completely ruining his race. Uh, yeah. He only lost about five positions, luckily for him. Yeah, he lost five positions. He was fighting for seventh place with Ericsson, and then with three laps to go, he decides to go off-roading. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Not, uh, not the ideal racing line, I would say. No. <laughs> um, so, yeah, going into the results of the race, Alex Pillow ended up winning the race and the championship, followed by Felix Rosenquist and Scott Dixon on the podium. Uh, fourth and fifth were Padua Ward and Joseph Newgarden. Sixth through ten was Renus VK, Marcus Erickson, David Malukas, Scott McLaughlin, and Kyle Kirkwood. Eleven through fifteen was Christian Lungard, Graham Rahal, Colton Herta, Helio Castroneves, and Callum Eilat. 16 through 20 was Santino Ferrucci, Devlin DeFrancesco, Yuri Vips, Marcus Armstrong, and Alex Rossi. 21 through 25 was Ryan Hunter Ray, Benjamin Peterson, Stingray Rob, Tom Blomqvist, and Will Power. And then I think our two DNFs were Augustine Canapino and Roman Grosjean. So, talking points for this race. Hello, won the championship, sealed it out in Portland with two races to go. Um, absolute dominant season from him. Uh, no one seemed to have an answer. He was always in and around the top five, if not winning the race. Um, yeah, no, he, I mean, Ray Hull was in front, but everyone in the Sands was pretty much just waiting for Pelot to come out in front. Yeah, yeah, it was only a matter of time. Um, it was, yeah. <laughs> think everybody kind of knew knew the way the the race was going to go before it even started um Grosjean had another pretty horrible weekend uh really not great qualifying he got stuck in some traffic and then started screaming at his team for it uh and then he obviously got hit in on lap one it wasn't really his fault that whole incident but uh it's just always him for some reason <laughs> Yeah, um, it's just how it works. Yeah, Rosenqvist had a really good race. Um, 
yeah, that a really, really tough strategy uh, fuel-wise that he had to pull off, and then the way cautions and pit stops worked out. It was just not an easy race, so it was very impressive to see him come P2. Uh, and then Kyle Kirkwood also had a very impressive race after getting sent to the back at the first lap, making his way all the way back up to P10. I would say Kyle Kirkwood is probably my surprise driver of the season. He's been... Yeah, he's he so kind of snuck up out of nowhere for me but he's yeah he's just been doing so good yeah absolute class driver after last season i wasn't expecting much i honestly didn't really understand why they pulled him up to andretti so fast uh he was always fast but he kind of had the grosjean thing where he crashed a lot um but this season he definitely made up for it he didn't crash too much i think he might have only had one dnf or so uh and then two race wins uh a pole position Maybe maybe two pole positions. I don't remember if he got pole in Nashville. Um, but uh, really, really good season and uh, showing showing everybody why Andretti picked him. So good stuff from him. Yeah. He and Erickson are going to be terrifying together on the same team next year. Oh, for sure. Andretti's going to be pretty, I think, well off with their lineup next year. Um, if they end up dumping Grosjean and... Uh, Dave Francesco, like I think they will. Um, it's not been confirmed. I don't think who Ericsson is, uh, whose place Ericsson is taking, what car he'll be driving. Um, but I don't see Grosjean or De Francesco keeping their seat. Um, De Francesco hasn't been, you know, crashing all the time like he has in previous years, but he just has not had the results this season. So um, he'll probably get replaced uh by who that's up in the air i would wager probably maybe lungard uh there's even been talking point or you know rumors that i've seen on you know the internet as a whole that uh andretti's looking at maybe just downsizing to three cars well i could see that happening too because they haven't won anything really in a long time in terms of consistency so uh maybe with their f1 plans and them trying to save money for that possibly um yeah i could see them downsizing the three cars that's possible yeah yeah uh, they have a lot of uh, a lot of forks in a fire right now yeah um i see you added a picture to our talking points there ben yeah it's below doing a derna uh donut that's pretty cool. You he started pulling over in the chicane. We're like, what is he doing? And then he just rips the fattest donuts you've ever seen. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was awesome. pretty cool. Pretty cool to watch. You got to see that. You got a front row seat to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The camera phones were out for that one. Yeah, I bet. Awesome stuff. All right. So let's go through our standings. Uh, with one race left in the season, it is Alex Pillow with the championship. And P1, uh, P2 is Scott Dixon, and it looks like he has also clinched P2. Um, and then Joseph Newgarden is third. Pato Award is fourth. They are pretty close to each other. Scott McLaughlin is fifth. Marcus Erickson is sixth. Seventh is Will Power. Eighth is Lundgaard. Ninth is Rossi. Tenth is Herda. Uh, 11 through 15 are Kirkwood, Rosenquist, Grosjean, Ray Hall, and VK. 16 through 20 are Malukas, Eilat, Ferrucci, Castroneves, and Armstrong. 21 through 25 are De Francesco, Canapino, Harvey, and Daly, and Stingray Rob. Uh, 26 through 30 is Peterson, Hunter Ray, Pagano, Sato, and Ed Carpenter. 
and then 31 through 37, rounding off uh, the list, is going to be <laughs> Lundqvist, Kanan, Andretti, Phipps, Blancfist, Leg, and Anderson. And then Catherine Leg and R.C. Anderson are uh, Indy 500 runners only, so they will not be moving up. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, yeah, that kind of rounds off the standings and our IndyCar talks for this week. Uh, let's go into our paddock news, and we'll actually start with IndyCar, so not quite done with IndyCar yet. Uh, Linus Lundqvist signed a multi-year deal with Chip Ganassi Racing over the course of the week. Uh, I don't know the details of that for sure. Uh, I'm kind of surprised that he got pulled up to the top team after just two races, uh, especially considering he was just kind of middle of the pack in both. Um, but uh, good for him. <laughs> yeah. More power to him. Yeah. And then Yuri Vips replaced Jack Harvey at Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan Racing. Um, it was going to be Connor Daly at Portland, but I guess that got swapped last second. Uh, Yuri Vips is a kind of controversial character from the Formula 1, Formula 2, Formula 3 world. Um, won't yeah, really... did you see the, uh, the little, like, broadcast info PowerPoint they had for him? I did not. You want to tell me, tell me about that? Huh, it was, like, it just kind of went through some, like, old pictures and, like, some of the history and his, like, uh, like, racial comment allegations or something like that, just, like, on his own slide. And I was like, oh, wow, that intern must wow. hate Yuri Vips. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's kind of crazy they put that live on the air. Um, won't go too far into it, but, yes, he was live streaming during the pandemic or post-pandemic uh, and playing probably the Formula One game. Um, and he uh, dropped a dropped a racial slur that uh, got him in a whole world of trouble um and uh he basically got dropped from the entire formula world because of it uh he was still nf2 but not officially signed on with any team um i'm not sure what he did this last year i don't think he was nf2 again uh but uh he did get a racing seat at Ray Holiderman Lanigan, so I guess this is his comeback story. Apparently, he did a whole, a whole like, um, I don't know what you call it, but a whole seminar, like, <laughs> basically don't do there. what you did again thing. Took classes for it. Uh, he was obviously very sorry. He released an apology video right after the whole thing, apologizing for it. Um, and he has faced his repercussions. Um, but, uh, yeah, he got he got a race seat for this year. Hopefully, he can uh, kind of redeem himself a little bit. Um, yeah, and I'm sure he will not be repeating that mistake. I just posted his link for you if you want to see it. Okay, gotcha. Let me let me take a look at this real quick. It's, it's pretty funny. <laughs> Ray Hall Letterman Lane again. Three-time F3 winner. Next slide, F1 reserve driver for Red Bull Racing. And coming up next, <laughs> fired by Red Bull for using racial slur. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, they isn't, just... isn't it just like the lowest effort PowerPoint you've ever seen? Yeah, they did not hold back on that one. <laughs> uh, that's... <laughs> 
way to Couldn't believe it. usher him into the sport just as a bad guy instantly. Anyone who yeah. didn't know, like, he's not going in with no one knowing what happened. He's... <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, again, I don't think he will be repeating that mistake again. Um, so <laughs> we'll see how he does on track next season. Um, but yeah, moving on. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, uh, I just thought that was funny. Yeah, it is really, really funny uh, in the in the big bold letters. Um, all right, Formula One Italian Grand Prix at Monza, classic track, classic race. Everybody enjoys this one. Uh, it's a very simple racetrack, but it lends itself to some very interesting racing because it because of how different it is. So many long straights, uh, you get some mixed up results sometimes. So, going through the top 10 in qualifying, on pole position was Carlos Sainz in the Ferrari, followed by Max Verstappen and Charles Leclerc. 4th and 5th were Russell and Perez. 6th through 10 was Albon, Piastri, Hamilton, Norris, and Alonso. Uh, moving into the race, Tsunoda had an engine failure on his way to the grid on the formation lap that caused a uh, an abandoned start. They went around again. It was not cleaned up, so they had to red flag the race. Uh, so we had a delay of about 20 minutes to actually start the race. Uh, when the race finally did get underway, Sainz stayed ahead of Verstappen at the start. Albon passed Piastri for P6 on lap 2. Verstappen made several attempts to pass Sainz at the beginning of the race, but Sainz defended for quite a while. Uh, Verstappen was finally able to get past Sainz on lap 15 into the second chicane after Sainz locked up into the first chicane. Uh, Perez passed Russell for P4 on lap 16. Piastri and Norris made contact on lap 25 as Norris passed his teammate for P7. Perez passed Leclerc on lap 32. Hamilton and Piastri made contact on lap 41 going into the second chicane, causing them both to miss the corner. Uh, Piastri had to retire because of it, uh, and Hamilton got a five-second penalty. Hamilton then passed Norris on lap 45 for P7. Perez passed Sainz for P2 on lap 46. Leclerc and Sainz then had a titanic battle for P2 every lap for the remainder of the race. Uh, and then Hamilton passed Albon for P6 on lap 47 and was able to get five seconds away from him before the end of the race. So, going through the results, uh, the winner by, well, it was only six seconds, but it felt like a lot longer, was Max Verstappen, uh, followed by Sergio Perez. Uh, third place was Carlos Sainz, fourth was Leclerc, fifth was Russell, six through ten was Hamilton, Albon, Norris, Alonso, and Bottas. Uh, Bottas picking up a point for the team, I didn't realize that. Um, 11 through 15 was Lawson, Piastri, Sargent, Joe, and Gasly. 16 through 18, rounding off the finishers, were Stroll, Hulkenberg, and Magnussen. Uh, our two retirements were Esteban Ocon and Yugi Sonoda. I'm not really sure what happened to Ocon. I never really saw him. He kind of just disappeared. Yeah, he um, just kind of pitted and then never came back out. Yeah, and then Yuki Sonoda technically wasn't even a DNF. It was a DNS. He did not start the race as his engine blew up on the way to the grid. So unfortunate for him. As he yeah. he qualified 11th, so he, he was in a good spot. All right. Talking points. Verstappen breaks the win streak record. He has now won 10 races in a row. 
surpassing Sebastian Vettel at nine. Um, very impressive stuff. Uh, even just with the skill gap that, that seems to be there and the car being an absolute rocket ship, um, for absolutely nothing to go wrong for 10 races is kind of insane. Yeah. Um, and even when things, yeah. even when things it's like did to go beat wrong. the Monaco or the, uh, Monza curse, they just sacrificed Yuki Tsunoda <laughs> yeah. right off the bat. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Something like that. Um, but yeah, for absolutely nothing to go wrong, and even when things did go wrong, he still managed to get back up to the front. Like, you know, I thought for a second in the Netherlands that, you know, this might be the one, but, you know, he fought his way back from, like, 10th to 1st in, like, 5 laps. So, uh, yeah, just absolute dominance from Verstappen, um, and uh, we'll see how long he can make this streak last. Um. There was a massive battle between the Ferraris in this race that was so entertaining. It was so much fun to watch. Um, it's always entertaining when you see teammates fight for top positions like that. We haven't really seen it much in recent years, uh, especially between teammates. I mean, you think back to the Hamilton-Bottas era. I mean, Hamilton was doing what Verstappen was doing. Um, Verstappen's always been ahead of Perez by quite a margin. Um, so we haven't really seen any big teammate battles, especially at the front of the field in recent years. So that was very entertaining. Yeah. I think part of the, uh, excitement is also waiting for one of them to crash out while they're fighting or both of them. Well, exactly. Uh, but we had the, uh, the happy coincidence that none of them did, although they tried very hard sometimes. Yeah. They came pretty close a couple times. Um, on the, you know, there were a couple laps left, and Leclerc's race engineer was saying, all right, that's enough. Let's just bring it home. We got a 3-4. Yeah. It's good points. And then Leclerc obviously didn't have his radio on or something, because uh, he did not stop fighting for that yeah. P3. I think I'm just going to challenge it every single braking zone instead. Yeah, and on the last lap, he locked all four of his tires up, dive-bombing signs into the first corner. Um, and they came very close to crashing out there. Um, Incredible, yeah. But uh, they made it through, and so they ended 3-4, um, much to uh, the Tifosi's delight, I'm sure. I'm sure they would have preferred a win, but that's kind of best-case scenario, I think. Yeah. They um, fight Aston Martin off for another day. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then Alex Albon was phenomenal this race. Uh, just absolutely fantastic at keeping cars behind, uh, especially Lando Norris, who I'm sure was getting very frustrated. <laughs> um, he wasn't able to keep Hamilton behind him, but, uh, Hamilton's in a much, much, much better car. Um, so I was very impressed by Albon. I think it was, uh, very impressive race showing that he needs to, he needs to be in a better team than Williams. Uh, so very impressive stuff from him like i've said like 15 times already yeah we'll continue <laughs> to ride the alex albon hype train yes that guy is is absolutely fantastic um all right so we'll just go through like the top 10 in these championship standings real quick uh top 10 uh first is max verstappen to everyone's surprise uh second is sergio perez 
Uh, third is Fernando Alonso, still ahead of Lewis Hamilton, just barely. Fourth is Lewis Hamilton. Fifth is Carlos Sainz. Sixth is Charles Leclerc, right behind Sainz. Uh, that might be a teammate battle to watch in terms of their championship as well. Um, and everyone always says, like, Leclerc's better than Sainz, but the last two years, Sainz has been, like, consistently ahead of Leclerc in the championship, so... Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know where that comes from, um, but uh, I would say Science is probably just more consistent, and Leclerc is either really good or crashing. Yeah, so. Science's excellent finish the race capability as long as he stays away from the gravel. <laughs> yeah, as long as there's no, no gravel around. That was kind of a meme last year, but he's managed to, or was that this year? I don't know. It was so long was... ago. Um, Pretty sure it was last year. I think it was last year. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think science has conquered his gravel demons. Um, yeah, it's no fun to not have that to joke about, though. So. Yeah, well, it's Formula One, so there's always something to joke about. <laughs> um, seventh place is George Russell. Eighth is Lando Norris. Ninth is Lance Stroll. And tenth is Pierre Gasly. All right. Uh, and then the championship standings for constructors are Red Bull Racing out in front. Mercedes is in second, Ferrari's in third, Aston Martin is in fourth, McLaren is in fifth, Alpine is in sixth, seventh is Williams, eighth is Haas, ninth is Alfa Romeo, and last is Alfa Tauri. Still with more drivers on the season than championship points. Yep. So is is my math wrong, or is Red Bull further ahead of second place then second place is ahead of last place um no wait why is math so hard right now i think you're right actually yeah no you're right <laughs> yeah 270 yeah yep, yep you're 100 percent correct. <laughs> like 40 points yeah that's uh that's that's something <laughs> that's yeah. that's insane um, but that's just kind of how the year's been going for Red Bull. So, um, yeah, that's, that's actually crazy. Good catch, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Red Bull is 310 points away from Mercedes and Mercedes is 270 points away from AlphaTauri. Yeah. That's, that's a gap right there. <laughs> have Red Bull, have they not won the championship yet? They won it last year. No, I mean, like, have they won? Have they not oh, already clinched it this season? Because I feel like we would have heard about that. Mm. Uh, let's see. What are there? Six yeah. races left? Seven races, maybe? Seven times four, 280? Yeah, I'm, I think they've probably just about... If not this week, then definitely in Singapore. Yeah. Uh, I'll have to look that up, because... I'd be surprised if they haven't won the championship with the 310-point lead with six races left, six or seven. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, well, we'll keep you posted on that. I'm sure that that's – we would have heard about that, so I'm sure it's probably going right. to be in Singapore that they'll they'll wrap that up. Yeah, they would have had some kind of celebration. Yeah, for sure. Um, all right. So, uh, yeah, the U.S. will just be essentially a big victory lap for Red Bull, apparently. Yeah, well, we've got Japan and Qatar first uh, before the U.S. Um, oh, that's a good point. I keep forgetting about Qatar. 
Yeah. No, it's kind of just in there, like, and it makes no sense where it is in the calendar. <laughs> yeah. You fly uh, from Japan to Qatar, and then you fly all the way to Texas. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a lot of flying. Uh-huh. Um, so sustainable. Yeah, so sustainable. Well, next year's calendar is actually a lot better, if you look at it. Yeah. It's not perfect, but it's a lot better. Um, so, anyway, pit stop championship time uh, in first place for this week in the Italian Grand Prix was Lando Norris and McLaren with a time of 2.13 seconds. Uh, not the fastest we've seen this season, but certainly not slow. Um, next up was Ferrari and Leclerc at 2.32 seconds. Uh, third through fifth was Perez, Lawson, and Verstappen. Lawson with a P4. Um, sixth through ten was Joe, Russell, Ocon, Piastri, and Hamilton. Eleven through fifteen was Magnussen, Bottas, Albon, Gasly, and Hulkenberg. And then sixteen through nineteen was Alonzo, Sargent, Science, and Stroll. And uh, the reason we have 19 is because Yuki Sonoda had a permanent pit stop. So um, <laughs> he is not on the listings. Uh, going through these standings real quick. Uh, top 10 are Perez, Leclerc, Norris, Verstappen, Akon, Sainz, Piastri, Sonoda, Gasly, and Alonso. And Alonso and Stroll are tied at 43 points. So I guess keep that in mind. Um... And then championship uh, constructors order is Red Bull, Ferrari, McLaren, Alpine, AlphaTauri, Aston Martin, Mercedes, Williams, Alfa Romeo, and Haas. It is surprising to me how far down Mercedes is. I think I've said that a couple times already this season. Um, but Mercedes is on the slower end of the field in terms of pit stops, which seems kind of wrong, but that's the way it is. <laughs> All right. Moving into the overtake of the week. This does not come from IndyCar or F1 or any series you can watch online. Actually, you can watch it online, um, but uh, I don't have the link for that handy for the live streams. Um, but this is from the Coors Light Silver Bullet i5 Late Model Series Championship Finale at Willamette Speedway here in Oregon. Uh, this is the dirt track races that I went to this weekend. I might end up posting a video of that on the RevHang Instagram page, uh, which you can follow at RevHang Media. Um, I give this one to Bryson James for his overtake of three cars in one corner. And on a third mile dirt track, that is something special. <laughs> um, it was four wide going into turn four. Bryson James, the championship leader, keep in mind, was lapping three cars who were on the inside of him. The three cars were jostling each other while they were going into the corner, and he just sailed around the outside, and it was spectacular. <laughs> so, uh, I know none of you got to see it, but uh, I did, and it was by far the most impressive overtake I had seen this week. So, that is my overtake of the week. There's your there's your uh, public service announcement for this week is go watch dirt track racing. Yes, absolutely. You can find a lot of them on on YouTube. You can find some races. Um, you might think, oh, it's an oval like NASCAR, but it's it's not NASCAR. It is very very different. <laughs> I guarantee you, if you and twenty of your friends tuned up a whole bunch of riding lawnmowers and ripped around a dirt track, you'd have just as much fun. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, dirt track racing is. 
a ton of fun to watch. I go probably three, four, five times a year to Willamette Speedway. They have races every week during the summer, and um, it is it's just so much fun to watch. You get there, you sit in the stands on the bleachers, everybody's uncomfortable, but uh, you smell the gas, oil, and tires in the air. Um, you hear these just absolutely deafening, straight-piped V8s uh, racing by you, especially with the late models. Um, it's just, it's a lot of fun. Uh, so if you do have a dirt track around you, go support your local racing scene. Uh, go have some fun. I guarantee you, you can buy some beer there. So um, <laughs> there you go. Have have a great night. If you got nothing to do on a Friday, Saturday night, uh, check out your local dirt track. They are all over the place. Um, so uh, there's probably one within just a couple hours of view at most. All right, going into our predictions. Uh, last week or this week, however you want to look at it. Last week, by the time this gets released, most likely. Uh, the Portland race in IndyCar. Um, pole position went to Graham Rahal. What did you say, Ben? I had power taken it. I had Palo, and uh, we were both wrong. All yep. right. <laughs> podium was Palo, Rosenquist, and Dixon. What was your podium, Ben? Uh, so we both knew Palo would take it. Uh, after that, I had Newgarden and Power, and Newgarden did okay. Power did not. Yeah, Power kind of kind of crashed himself out pretty early on, so unfortunate for him. Uh, I had Palo, Award, and Lungard. Award did pretty well. Lungard did... How did he do? I don't think he did super well, but I don't think he did horrible. Where did he finish? Lungard finished 11th, so yeah, not horrible, but not top three like I was thinking. All right, winning at number of pit stops was three. What did you have, Ben? It was indeed three. You did get it correct at three. I said two because it's such a short track, but I forgot that it's 110 laps. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. I was incorrect. <laughs> and the benefit is, too, the laps are so short. I mean, you're talking a minute, one second max most of the time. Yeah, I think qualifying uh, is like 58 seconds or something like that was pole position. Top so. qualifying time was like 57.8 seconds or something like that. Yeah. Uh, you can super easily adjust your pit stop strategy. I mean, granted, a pit stop takes a lot more, like a lot greater percentage of a lap because it's, they're so short. But you can also, you don't have to wait for, you know, two minutes for the car to come around the track before you can get another pit stop attempt. So it kind of gives you a little flexibility there. Yep, that is nice. Um, I am proud to say that I finally reached my sub one minute time on PIR in the Indy cars on Assetto Corsa, so I'm I'm right there. <laughs> <laughs> that's just hey, that's some, fast twelve right there. Yeah, that's some minor minor setup tweaks. Uh, so I'm sure if I adjusted my setup and put in another 500 laps, that I could probably do it. Yeah, um, <laughs> get Ganassi to get your card tuned for you. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder what their hourly rate is. I'm sure it's not not on the cheap side. <laughs> um, all right, Italian Grand Prix and Formula One. The top five to remind everybody was Verstappen, Perez, Sainz, Leclerc, and Russell. Give me your top five, Ben. So I had Verstappen, Perez, and then I had Norris, Sainz, and Piastri with Hulkenberg as my dark horse. That really did not pay off. Yeah, Hulkenberg did not... Uh not do super well um but you had three of the top five 
in there at least. You got Verstappen and Perez correct, and then Sainz just one position down. Yeah. So not too bad. McLaren wasn't super fast in the straights, so they didn't have the best weekend, but uh, they were still in there. And then Piastri, unfortunately, uh, got taken out by Hamilton. So Close encounters of the Hamilton kind. Yeah, <laughs> something like that. Um, all right, my my top five was Verstappen and Perez, so we both got those two correct. Uh, third, fourth, and fifth were Norris, Albon, and Piastri, and then my dark horse was Sargent. Um, Albon did do very well, but not quite that well, and then Sargent was nowhere to be found. So uh, missed on he that one. Did better one. than Hulkenberg, at least. Yeah. All right, fastest lap went to Oscar Piastri. Um, that <laughs> late pit stop. Yeah, that that late pit stop kind of helped him in that regard. Um, but uh, we both had Max Verstappen getting the fastest lap, and he did for the entire race until Piastri took it. So worth a shot. Yep. Uh, driver of the day was Carlos Sainz. What did you say, Ben? I got Sainz. You did. You nailed it. And uh, I had Albon, and I think Albon was second in the running. Um, he was in there, yeah. So, and he, if he would have won driver of the day, I think he would have fully deserved it as well. So, uh, yeah. I'll take my my you know, self-inflicted compensation there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, we probably got the top two there, so I'll take it. All right. Going into the predictions for this upcoming week. Uh, at Laguna Seca, which is just um, six days away now at the time of recording. Wow. Um, and the final race of the IndyCar season, which is kind of sad. Uh, but, um, yeah, pole position. What do you what do you have on pole at Laguna Seca, Ben? I've got Newgarden on pole. Okay. And I have Lil Power. Uh, so, hopefully it's one of those two. It could be really anybody, though. That's the, the beauty of it. <laughs> yep. Um, all right, podium. What do you have on your podium, Ben? I've got Dixon, McLaughlin, and Lingard this time. I'm trying to mix it up. McLaughlin looked actually pretty good this weekend, so give him yeah. another shot. And Dixon actually was doing really well, too. Um, yeah. So I feel like those guys could fight for it, and then Lingard's just kind of like my what-if wild card. Yeah, I almost had Lingard on my podium. Uh, I when I did this prediction, I changed my podium like four times before just deciding what I had was good enough. Uh, so I have Polo, Power, and Dixon, um, kind of the power three there. Dixon's just been so consistently good um, that uh, I could see him being on the podium. Polo for obvious reasons, and um, Power because he I think won the race last year. So uh, actually sense. no. Uh, he did not win the race last year. He won the championship at Laguna Seca last year, but he didn't win the race. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, man, I forgot the power won the championship last year. That yeah. really went under the radar, I feel like. Yeah, um, and he didn't do as nearly as well this year. Where did he finish on the championship? He finished... Well, he's currently seventh, but that could change. Uh, but a lot would have to happen for that to change. So quite the swing there. Yeah, I remember it was him or Newgarden yeah, for a lot of last year. And Newgarden, I think, has done a pretty good job of outperforming him in most places. Yeah. Oh, Alex Pelot won at Laguna Seca last year. So there's... Oh. <laughs> that, could, that, that oh. should be noted. Foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> um, but that was the only race that Pelot won last year. So uh, there's that. 
Um, oh, wow. All right. Um, winning number of pit stops. Give me your prediction, Ben. I think it's going to be four. I think it's going to be hot. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of tire degradation. And I think, especially with the championship already clinched, who knows, maybe he will mess around different strategies, try to take some risks. Yeah, I can see it. I said three, uh, a little bit more on the conservative side. But, uh, well, I don't even know that for sure. We have no idea how pit stops work in IndyCar still. <laughs> so, we're bad at this. Yeah, we're very bad at this. <laughs> um, all right. Formula One in the Singapore Grand Prix. Street circuits, um, not quite as street circuity as Monaco or Baku, but um, still definitely concrete walls on either side of the track and zero runoff. So, um, all right, give me your top five, Ben. All right, so I've got Verstappen, I've got Norris, Perez, Sainz, and Hamilton. And that I've got Botas for my dark horse, uh, considering he actually got points this weekend. You know, maybe there's a chance. Maybe there's a chance. Uh, Norris on the podium. Nice. I would love to see it. Of course, actually, I have that too. Um, <laughs> uh, so I actually went a little bit of a different direction for once this year. Uh, and this week, I have Perez winning the Singapore Grand Prix uh, because he has won it the last two years in a row, I believe. And this is like his track. This is his bread and butter. He is better at this track than most other people. So if Verstappen is not going to continue his win streak, if someone is going to bring it to an end, I think this week will be the week. So I have taken a risk and said Perez will win the race. But then I still have Verstappen in P2. <laughs> um, There's only so much you can do. Yeah, and then Lando Norris in P3. Uh, fourth and fifth, I have Hamilton and Russell. Um, could be, you could put throw Piastri in there. I was going to put Piastri as my dark horse, but it just feels weird. I, I feel like you need to like have a completely unexpected person in dark horse. Um, yeah. So you could throw Piastri Although in there as a maybe. Yeah, Albon is rapidly losing his dark horse status. That is true. He was like very. He was on the knife's <laughs> edge for me there. Um, <laughs> He's just becoming just overall good driver. Yeah, um, and Williams is just I think getting finally starting to build a better car. They know where their strengths are for sure. Yeah, um, for sure. So uh, fastest lap, we both have Verstappen. <laughs> yep. Uh, nothing has changed there. Um, especially, I think if he ends up P two, he he will probably they'll probably both be thirty seconds up the field from everybody else. So Verstappen would probably pit for soft tires at the end to grab that fastest lap, um, just to throw fuel on the fire there, rub salt in the wounds, all those great sayings. Uh, driver of the day, what do you got, Ben? I put Hamilton because. You know, maybe he starts like P10, he works his way up to P5 or even higher. And I don't know. Who knows? I Honestly, I didn't really know who to put. So I kind of went with someone who I could I could see getting it. Gotcha. Sounds good. I kind of have the same reasoning. I put Lando Norris. Um, maybe he won't have the best qualifying, but he'll end up on the podium. So that's my reasoning there. Um, but we will see. Uh, all right, that rounds off the prediction segment for this week. Now we go into everybody's favorite segments and the most useful segment in Red Hang podcasting uh, in that world. Um, so, Ben, give us your words of wisdom for this week. Yeah, so 
this is super niche, but like I found that something that really helps me at least get started in the morning is having like one part of your routine that takes not like a lot of time, but it takes like actual thought and like a lot of like precision to think about. For me, it's I like using an AeroPress to make coffee. So for me, it's grinding out the coffee, you know, getting the AeroPress all set up, soaking it in the hot water, getting the water boiled, and then getting it on the scale, putting in exactly 15 grams of coffee, putting in 250 grams of water, you know, letting it sit for exactly the right amount of time, all that uh, kind of helps me, helps the brain get going, gets me ready for the day. So something to be like really deliberate about, I guess, in your morning routine as uh, sometimes at least helped me be a little more productive throughout the day. Awesome. Good stuff. We can all use a little more productivity and uh, brain function throughout the day. <laughs> it's not fun being <laughs> sluggish. So appreciate it, Ben. And I appreciate you, the listener, for listening to this episode of Ref Hang. If you enjoyed it, leave a like or rating on the platform you listened on. It really helps us out. If you want to see updated standings for IndyCar and F1 or a calendar of upcoming racing from all sorts of different series, check out our website, revhang.com. If you have a question about racing or about us, hit us up on Twitter or X, as it is called now, using hashtag revhangpodcast, and we may feature your question on the next show. You can follow Ben on Instagram at BenjiMeetsWorld and myself at 2N underscore squared, and you can follow the Instagram page for the podcast at revhangmedia. We'll be back in two weeks to talk about the IndyCar Grand Prix of Laguna Seca, the final round of the IndyCar Championship, and the Formula One Singapore Grand Prix. But until then, I have been Nathan. And that's it. Thanks for hanging out, guys. See you guys.